Welcome to the Grace Church Conversations podcast, a weekly resource to help you apply Sunday to Monday. I'm Jared. And I'm Bob. How are you? I'm good, man. It's it's good. You're no longer a guest on here, so you get to join no, that like, I'm Bob. I'm, a, I'm an old pro. This is my second yeah, time. <laughs> I don't know why. There's no rule about that, but I feel like we've gotten into a tradition with like new guests. I introduce them and we go through a new guest spiel. But now that you've been on already, you get to just join that. And I know I'm everything Bob. now. I know you do. You are you are a pro. <laughs> How are things? How are things going? Things are great. That's yeah. good, man. Good. I listened to the uh, to the sermon on the, the podcast um, yesterday. I wasn't here Sunday. Yeah, it was great, man. Thank you for serving us. And seriously, it was good. It's fun to put those two together. It's it really is a sweet little package. And uh, to have two weeks to work with you know we're, we're uh, we've got the B team in there with Craig out of town mm. and so just in dividing things up I, I'm, I'm just happy that it worked out that way because I think you know first of all I like the fundamentals yeah I really do like uh, simple truths that are absolutely life changing yeah uh, and it, the word is just so full of that. So anyway, uh, Psalm 1 and Psalm 2 is a fun place to park and take it a little bit deeper. And and uh, so anyway, I loved it. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. Was it weird doing Psalm 1, then taking a break, and then go, going into yeah, Psalm we had 2? Yeah, fa- we had Father's Day. Yeah, yeah I Father's think in Day. a perfect world, it would have been nice to do them uh, back to back. But... You know, you can do it. You, you can listen to them that way online. Yeah. And, uh, so it's fine. And That's I think fun. people are pretty... I don't know. I, I, it is what it is. Oh yeah, it's yeah. certainly not a big deal. I thought. I just, and Aaron did a great job. It was, oh yeah, it was it cool was to address the men, and uh, mm-hmm. probably that was more effective than than hitting Psalm two on Father's Day. So yeah, well that's fun, man. So yeah. you had a good weekend. Did you get some rest I after did. that? I'm an old man. Absolutely, I took a nap. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you're you're definitely you, you preach and then you might crash a little bit. It could happen. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, pro- it's probable, especially yep. uh, preaching. Yeah, yeah. When you do when you do two, I mean that's another thing. It's another thing to learn how to do uh, mm-hmm. how to do two messages in a row. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm probably a Sunday. You know, grab something to eat and take a nap. I'm holding Sharon's hand on the, on the right side and rubbing Buddy's head on the left on no. the side of the bed. <laughs> That sounds good, man. Out. It is good. It's a That's good life. A good time. Well, I uh, I was actually out of town. Uh, Sarah and I uh, drove to Kansas City and met wow. my sister and her husband halfway. They live in Minnesota, and so we were just like, "Hey, well, oh, wow. uh, let's you know, if we're gonna find any time to do this before you know the baby comes, yeah, did you do barbecue? Might as well do that? No, we didn't. It's sad. Come people, on. I know. So many burnt, people said burnt tips. I know. So many people said it, and we were just kind of like. Mm, I don't know. We weren't feeling it. I don't know. I wasn't in the mood. It was. Right. It was weird. I know. It's. It sounds heretical. I mean, it does sound <laughs> like you really missed missed the opportunity. Actually, you know what? Honestly, the only thing that I thought that we would find to do in Kansas City is barbecue. I was just like, man, what is in Kansas City? What is there other than confusion between Chiefs, Kansas yeah. and Missouri? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we ended up going to the World War One uh, National Museum. Hmm. It was really interesting. Oh, I'll bet. It, it was an incredible experience. So, I wow. recommend that to to anyone who's a student of history or who finds that interesting. I mean, honestly, I think that the majority of people are semi uh, semi acquainted with World War Two, but World War One is right. is pretty mysterious to many people. Mm-hmm. And Sarah and I were talking yesterday. I think it's because World War World War One didn't really have any big villains 
but World War II had Hitler. Sure. You have Hitler. You have these big personalities, Hitler, yeah, Stalin, yeah. Mussolini, these different people. And yeah. then uh, even on the good side, we have people like Winston Churchill, these huge personalities yeah, uh, where it's, Roosevelt. you know, if you ask anyone yeah. like, hey, can you name any like influential figure from World War One? It'd be yeah. pretty tough for anyone to name. So it's just kind of interesting to, to discuss that because I've even noticed that in myself is like, I really don't know much about yeah, it, what caused cool. it. And so... Yeah, if anyone wants a little trip, yeah, that's, like to hear more. that's worth going to. Uh, so that's been interesting. And uh, yeah, so just excited to get back to work and get going. I've got schoolwork going on and uh, getting ready for another Wednesday night class. So cool. looking forward to it. And you're teaching at your class uh, tomorrow night, right? Yeah, we've got our grandparenting deal. I'm telling you, uh, boy, I'm... I'm really learning a lot yeah. just uh, preparing. You know, the Lord's been kind. We've Our kids and grandkids, for the most part, I've got a, I've got a couple that are out in the weeds, mm. uh, but but the majority are doing well. But it's been wonderful to, to read this this book that we're using for the curriculum, and it's it's just provoking me in terms of how to learn how to ask questions better, mm, that's really how good. to... Uh, just how to listen better, how to yeah. create uh, intentional contexts. Yeah. So it, it, it's it's very timely because um, Saturday morning, uh, Sharon and I are flying out. We're, uh, every other year we do a thing called a tribal gathering with our Hughes family. So I've got, we've got five boys and uh, 16 grandkids and a couple grands, which is, it's just crazy good. And every other year we all come together. So a couple of years ago we were here and this year, uh, I am I am just biting the bullet and and uh, spending a ton of money to take everybody. <laughs> we're all going on a cruise. Oh, that's great. So we're going to do the Western Caribbean deal. But um, oh yeah, the thing that's so so great about uh, doing the grandparenting class right now is it's it's teeing me up. It's really convicting me and provoking me to how we'll use our our dinner conversations, yeah. and personal notes that I've just provoked to write to each of the kids and, and just things that, that I think I can do to to make the kind of unusual, special setting we're going to be in maybe maybe have even more legs afterwards. Have, yeah. it, have it. Well, it's cool, man. Yeah. I, I love hearing you talk about getting excited for that trip in light of also, on the other hand, knowing that you're helping lead this grandparenting class, because, I mean, I think you model that so well in a way that I think is is. I don't know, maybe sadly unique. At least I don't know many, many, many grandparents that are thinking this way. At least, I mean, I'm not talking to many, so that could just be that I am ignorant. But uh, even just hearing your message from Sunday, you were talking about like, hey, I'm looking forward to having an influence in my my grandkids' lives and my great grandkids' lives. I'm just like, man, that is really cool. And that's a mindset that I you know, I aspire to, I want that. I mean, you know, I'm about to have, you know, a a kid and it's just like, how do I have influence in their life? But then, you know, down the road, you know, if God's willing to give me grandkids, how, how do I have influence there? Do I have, you know, the, am I aware and am I looking for opportunities or am I just oblivious to the, to the God given role that that is? Yeah. And, and we've got to assume in whatever chapter of life we're in, there's, there's a raging narrative that is trying to get us to buy into some ridiculous, uh, uh, vision of life that, mm. that is going to be just going to lead us down a sad, uh, path. And so even for folks in my, my season of life, you know, you can buy into the Dell web thing and it's mm. all about, uh, you know, hanging with people that are just like me and 
we're going to the theater and we're playing golf and we've got the, you know, we kind of revert back to junior high school or something like that. And it's just all about play and mm. activities and busy and, uh, you know, and I mean, there's some of those things are wonderful. I yeah. love to go to a play or, you know, I love friends, et cetera, yeah. but, yeah, for sure. but there can be, there can be a, a narrative that's behind that Interesting. Thing. or the, you know, I'm spending all my, uh, my, my grandkids money bumper sticker that you see. And, and again, it's just all about me mm. and how this season of life centers on me yeah. versus, versus, you know, we find our life in giving our life away. Yeah. And, and the more we can undersee our life in the context of a, of a gospel narrative of you find your life in giving your life away, um, then th- that's where the sweet life is. That's really where where the Lord gets involved and you start to uh, you know live in a way that has really eternal significance. Man, that's really good. Well, hey, that's our podcast. There you go. Good. Good Man, be with good. you. See yeah. you later. No. <laughs> Man, that's hey, good. I need to also say Cleve and Susan Powell are leading that thing with me. And yeah, that's right. They're, they're the gold standard on so many fronts. Yeah. So they're they're just the best. Oh, they're I, great. I, yeah. I'm just, glad you guys get to team up. And I like them. I love them. I'm yeah. grateful for them. I learn from them so much. They're, yeah. they're just A+. Plus. That's great. Well, sounds like a good class. Uh, and you guys, Aren't you guys aren't going to be offering it again second session, right? It's uh, I don't think so. I think I think uh, they're teaching other things. Yeah, yeah. I I'm going to be out of town. Oh yeah, that's right. You'll be the, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then uh, Cleve and Susan have other responsibilities. So. Well, hey, maybe in the future of the church we'll do another class like that at some yeah. point. It'd be good. Yeah, I think it's really important. Cool. Well, uh, I think that kind of leads us to a good place to transition to uh, questions from the sermon. Yeah. Uh, and we got a few. I'm really excited to jump into these. Before I do, just a reminder to our listeners. Uh, feel free to text in your sermon-related questions to 469-573-2920, and we'll do our best to answer them here. Uh, here we go. So you preached on Psalm 2, and we got some really good uh, questions here. So first, we got a few maybe like detail-oriented questions. The first one is this. What is the connection between Zion and Golgotha? I had not heard that before, and I'm interested to learn more. Yeah, well, I- um, I'm interested in learning more about Zion as well. Zion is one of these uh, very cool uh, concepts that have numerous tiers of meaning mm-hmm. to to them, to it, Zion. Mm-hmm. Um, in an elementary way, of course, Zion refers to Mount Zion, the physical mountain where Jerusalem is built. Yeah. It also is referred to in Scripture as Jerusalem itself. Um, Mount Zion is also probably the same as Mount Moriah, which is the location where Abraham offered up his son Jacob as a yeah. sacrifice to God. And, uh, you know, of course, the, 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 the key uh, verse there where Jacob asks his dad, where, dad, where's the sacrifice? And Abraham says, the Lord will provide the sacrifice. And that's, that's fulfilled in probably the exact same location. Uh, Mount Zion, Mount Moriah, Golgotha is probably the exact same location where Abraham foreshadowed the ultimate reality, the place where God didn't spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. So, I mean, that those are some of the themes that you see in the concept of Zion in, in a spiritual sense. Uh, Zion refers to the place where heaven and earth meet Mm. or the place where God dwells with his people. And so initially, uh, 
you could think of Zion as the gardens, the place where heaven and hell, excuse me, where heaven and earth met, where, mm-hmm. where God dwelt perfectly with his people. And then after the fall, we see uh, the, the the holy of holies as being the place where, where God and man meet in the, the tabernacle in the wilderness and the temple. Um, but then heaven and earth are perfectly joined on the cross mm. where the Lord Jesus, fully God, fully heaven, fully man, fully earth, bore our sin and restored the people back back to himself. That's interesting. And so th- those are all, uh, you know, so Psalm 2 says, as for me, I've set my king on Zion, my holy hill. It's a picture of, of the cross. And I think there were some questions about sources for that. A, a good source, um, and I mean, this thing, you, you can use this to hold open a door if there's a big <laughs> a big storm and or hold it open or hold it closed. But it's the new uh, dictionary of biblical theology. This is D.A. Carson and Graham Goldsworthy, oh, also yeah. Desmond Alexander. I mean, just say Carson and gold, Goldsworthy. That's, yeah. that's two, called, two that's solid called, guys. It's called sure. buy it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's a that's a general thing. I also uh, heard so. Um, oh, uh, oh, my mind just went blank. Ferguson. Come on, what's his first name? Oh, uh, 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 <laughs> I think Maynard Ferguson. <laughs> now, is the now sax both guy. of our <laughs> now both of our minds are. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, boy. Anyway, our, our Scottish guy, uh, anyway. I, Good grief. Sinclair. Sinclair, baby. <laughs> my dear friend Sinclair Ferguson. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Anyway, I just I was exposed to some, you know, his angle on this a bit. He has, he has some guy. good contributions to that topic, huh? He has good contributions. To any, any that's topic. true. He does, doesn't and, he? And just hearing him speak, he could, he could read the phone book, and it's it's edifying. That's true. He does. It's that uh, accent. There's something special there. I know, <laughs> especially for Americans. If anybody, you know, if you have a British accent, Americans think that you are way cool and you really are smart. But yeah. But so anyway, carrying on uh, from uh, Psalm two, uh, we've got. Uh, not only is heaven and earth perfectly rejoined in the cross, but then between the cross uh, and and the ultimate God's ultimate purpose in the new heavens and the new earth, the church is also referred to as Zion. So mm. in the book of Hebrews, there's references there. And again, the place where God dwells among his gathered people on earth. Just another highlight for how important the church is. Um, because it's uniquely the place where the Lord is is shining yeah. among His people in a fallen world, and then ultimately Zion's referred to when Christ returns, and there's a new heaven and a new earth where God is fully and perfectly among His people. So, mm. um, you know, welcome to a quick flyby on on the the topic of Zion, but it is deep and wide and profound. Yeah. And uh, wouldn't be any surprises if someone would have a, a question about it. Sure. I, I have plenty myself. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's really helpful. Uh, like you said, a very quick overview. Um, that's the challenge of these deep theological questions that it might be found like one one key phrase in one verse here might spiderweb and connect all over the place and have all kinds of really cool meaning and stuff. Um, but thank you for that. I, I think that was a really helpful overview. Um, here's another question for us um, on Psalm 2. I thought songs of, uh, of ascent were songs sung by pilgrims to Jerusalem when traveling up the mountain to the temple. Uh, I'm curious about a source to study that more um, in terms, and I think you were talking about psalms of coronation as well. Right. And they said, is there a separate category of coronation psalms or are they, are they the same kind of category? 
That that's a great question, and uh, you know, actually, I think I just misspoke mm. because you've got the word ascent, which uh, you know, it's a s c e n t, the mm-hmm. ascent of the king, which is basically the process of rising of of t- taking stepping into power, mm. and then there's the word ascent, uh, which is a s s e n t, which is you know, approval or agreement, mm. and and it's the gathered gathered uh, people of God on their way to Jerusalem in agreement, mm. excited, you know, approving of the glories of the Lord. So I just, I just uh, probably misspoke on the thing and there's so oh, similar. That, uh, that's one of those things where you're you just go. like, oh, there's going to be something really cool here, which I, maybe it is. I don't well, know. I'm I sure like that is. phrase of coronation psalms. I, yeah. That sounds awesome. That's a great question. And I, I was just so busy studying this coronation psalm that I don't, mm-hmm. I can't tell you whether there are other coronation psalms or not, but um, another area worthy of study, I guess. There you go. Yeah, that's very good. Cool. Okay, and then we got this uh, last question. It's very personal. I really uh, resonate with this. Uh, it's a very helpful question to ask. Here it is. I had a question uh, uh, for Pastor Bob on Sunday's message. By the way, great job, Pastor. As I really enjoyed this <laughs> two-part message on Sunday, I was, I was sure to ask you. Him. <laughs> go, go ahead. It's like Bob, did it. you text this in? <laughs> Great job, Pastor. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. So by the way, great job, Pastor, as I really enjoyed this two-part message on uh, Psalms 1 and 2. I agree. Uh, I agree with that, Bob. Great job. That was very helpful. Uh, My question is in Psalm 211, it reads, Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Am I to fear God as in be afraid of him at all times? Or is this more about awe for who God is, like creator, judge, alpha, and omega? I ask because there are times when I will stop to take a moment and watch a sunset, and I am in total awe that God gave us all this beauty here on earth, and heaven is something that I can't even imagine. On the other hand, there are times when I'm afraid for who I used to be before coming to know Christ. I know I'm forgiven, yet sometimes fear sneaks in to make Mm. me doubt I'm actually good enough in God's eyes. I was also hoping you could further expand on rejoicing with trembling. Mm, That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, I don't know who sent in that question, but uh, whoever they are, whoever you are, uh, you're in a wonderful place. Just the fact Mm. that you're engaging your heart and engaging, uh, you know, do I, is it appropriate for me to fear that, you know, that you're uncomfortable with your past, you're aware of your, your need of a savior, you know, you know, somebody who doesn't walk in the fear of the Lord could give a dang. Uh, And just the fact that you ask those kinds of questions says a lot about the health of your soul and Mm. the health of your, uh, you know, just your, your thinking. The fear of the Lord is one of those, this is another deep and wide one. Yeah. Um, literally, the the fear of the Lord, it literally means the terror of the Lord. Mm. So, and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So that there is, I mean, it really, some people say, no, it doesn't mean the fear of the Lord. It means just the reverential um, esteem of God. No, it means terror. <laughs> And when we, when we think of the reality of people like you and I mm. standing in the presence of a holy God, um, the, the reason we're not terrified is because we don't see him clearly. Mm. Two, two great truths in the world. If you get these two truths down, you're, you're going to do well. The truth about who God really is and the truth about who you really are. Mm. And uh, the, if you get those two truths right it'll produce the fear of the Lord. 
And the fear of the Lord is a gift to, to, uh, to really drive us to Christ because uh, our, our fear is accurate. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we have a Savior. So to the degree we look at ourselves, we fear. Yeah. To the degree we, we look at Jesus, we rejoice that, yeah. that he is perfect, that he, yeah. it is finished. He really did bear our sin on the cross. And uh, we are washed in his blood. We're new creations. The old is gone. The new has come. But, but that's a healthy exercise. And it's, it's healthy on a number of fronts. It's, it's healthy in um, knowing ourselves in a deeper and deeper way where, we, where, where we're aware of the gap. Mm. And it makes us uncomfortable. How beautiful that you're uncomfortable with, with the gap in your character or the gap in your, your faith that, that's and that you're aware of that, that's very healthy. Mm. Again, the, the, the wicked could, give, could care less. Yeah. Um, but the, the other thing that's healthy about us is it draws us to the Lord. It draws us to our only hope, which is the Savior who, who is our substitute, who died in our place, who, who bore our sin completely and uh, rose from the dead triumphant and has carried us in resurrection power to his side. And, and we walk as new men and women in Christ, we walk with a limp. We are new. We're not what we shall be, but but we are new creations in the same way that the kingdom's come, but it's still coming. We're new, and we're going to be newer. So, uh, anyway, fear of the Lord's. I don't. Know, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I I, I like what you. Guy. <laughs> I try to be. Uh, I, I really appreciate your answer to that because I think we are tempted to minimize these realities, these spiritual realities that God is. If you're an enemy of the Lord, you should be terrified. Yeah. Uh, and then here in, in Psalm 211, like this person is asking, it says, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. And it just kind of makes me think of this this change that's happened. We used to be enemies of God when all we had was the terror um, if we saw the reality of God at all, which in our sinfulness, we probably didn't. That's why we so easily rebel. That's why we so easily run away from God and don't care. Like you're saying, you just, if you're evil in your heart, you just don't care. Um, but being made uh, a friend of God, a child of God, now we, we have this rejoicing that we can enter into of mm-hmm. saying, I used to be an enemy of God. He's terrifying. But yeah. now I get to rejoice by looking at the cross and mm-hmm. resting in, in what Christ has done for us. I think that yeah. is really kind of where this is pointing to us of um, rejoicing in a God who, who approves of the righteousness that we've gained through Christ. Um, it's nothing we did, but we enter into that by the blood of Christ and, and, and yeah. by Christ's work on the cross. Now we gain approval with God. Whereas before, mm. if we were just left with our own devices, we would be lost. We would be, yeah. we would have nothing but fear. We would have nothing but terror. Yeah. The, um, the, the last uh, couple words of, of uh, Sunday's talk were, uh, there's no refuge from the Lord. There's mm. only refuge in the Lord. Mm. And, uh, I think that's a good that's good. I mean, it wasn't original thought. That's quotable. It is quotable. You can put that I'm on a coffee sure. cup. That's yeah. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't think they sell very many of them. I don't think the fear of the Lord is real popular. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but but the be. the illustration. You know, I think I, the illustration that I gave Sunday. I don't remember if I gave it at both. Sometimes I don't say the same thing at each each service, and and I'm not sure whether I did this in the one that was recorded or not. Mm-hmm. But but just the whole idea. The, I, 
in in pondering, I was just thinking about the day that Sharon and I got married, and just what it, what that was like in terms of rejoicing with trembling. And I'm oh yeah, I'm thinking, look look at this, she's mine. This is unbelievable. Yeah, I can't believe there's this beautiful human being who is willing to to walk with a guy like me. At the same time, I think, oh my gosh, she obviously doesn't know anything. <laughs> she doesn't know the truth about yeah. Me. What's going to happen I'm when she finds out? This up desperately, how am I going to? I don't have what it takes. Yeah, and, and, but anyway. I think, in a, and, and that's just such a puny illustration of the same, the same thing in terms mm. of of the, the 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 beauty and fear of the Lord. Yeah. Uh, I just think that's healthy. Yeah. Walking, kind of two legs, two different emphasis there. Yeah. The, the beauty of the Lord and the fear of the Lord. Just yeah, that's a, that's an interesting balance too of just saying, uh, like you're saying, this this beauty of the Lord, but also like you were also saying, this terror of the Lord. He is yeah. simultaneously terrifying because of his immense power, his infinite uh, perfection, his infinite holiness, yet right. uh, beautiful in how he loves and who he is, the depths of his character, the depths of yeah. his perfection. It's uh, it's really interesting to yeah. consider these two things together because we I don't think we would naturally think of putting those things together. Um, but I think one thing, your illustration, even though you call it puny, I think it does it well of just talking about there is a moment that, that most of us can relate to when we got married of, you know, we're happy, we're joyful, but also sure. this is terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> this is interesting mix, isn't it? Yeah, it is an interesting. It's kind mix. of like you know the uh, line, "Witch in the wardrobe." The the you know the quote everybody knows where Lucy asks the beaver, I think, uh, yeah, or you know, is is Aslan is Aslan safe? And mm. and uh, the beaver says, "Is he safe? Of course he's not safe, <laughs> but he's good." Yeah. So that's a that's that's, that's a awesome. great you know C.S. Lewis oh, yeah, does it sure. well. Yeah, that is for sure. <laughs> Cool. Well, I, I think that definitely answers the question. Um, was there anything else you wanted to talk about? I know you mentioned just like this idea that we can sometimes, be, as Christians, not sure what to do when we come across ideas of the kingdom um, yeah. and the kingdom living and what that looks like to to uh, to enter into that. Could you could yeah. you talk a little bit about that? Well, I, I think that it it kind of depends on what kind of uh, church tradition you come from, but um, I think there can be in in. Uh, Oh, in in uh, the modern church, I think there can be a reaction to the word kingdom. I think people can get a bit bit uh, a little indigestion. Oh, yeah. The idea of kingdom, and I think that um, I mean there there's a reason to be. Words have meanings, and they also yeah. have not only theological meanings, but they have historical contexts. And uh, so, for you know, people my age would remember uh, a lot of the theological conflict in in the body of Christ back at the turn of the century. Where where there was where was a schism in the church where um, you know major denominations went uh, you know really bought into modernism and just mm. the idea that of the physical world being the ultimate reality which undermined the authority of scripture and uh, so their definition of the kingdom of God uh, in, in some of the liberal denominations that we, we would be aware of, they started to engage social justice mm. as their expression of the kingdom of God and that that's the way that, that the kingdom is, is expressed. And it was basically kind of a moralism, the, you know, a, a, a good works approach to religious righteousness. Yeah. That, uh, but it was void of the gospel. Yeah. And uh, as the body of Christ always does, the the real church or the uh, you know the biblical inerrancy people totally 
reacted to that and swung the pendulum to the other extreme of completely backing out of any kind of cultural engagement. Mm. And so, for example, the, you know, what, what we would know as fundamentalist churches that would, would believe in the inerrancy of scripture um, swung the pendulum hard the other direction and mm. really withdrew from the public square. Mm-hmm. And their emphasis became solely uh, atonement um, emphasis which is great. I mean, that's the cross, right? Yeah. But, but, the, but the scripture says too much about how the righteous is uh, kind to the poor. Mm. You, can't, we, you, you can't be a biblical Christian and only be a, a cross Christian if your cross Christianity does not produce generosity, self-sacrifice for those who are, you know... Uh, Less fortunate that you are yeah. than you are, and uh, and engagement with with the culture. Uh, we're called to be whole life disciples, and so, yeah. anyway, sometimes when you say the word kingdom, the, there can be this, you know, there there can be one extreme or the other, either one end of the pendulum, pendulum which is uh, solely atonement focused, or another end of the pendulum which is cultural engagement, kingdom thinking. And the truth is the two are inseparable. It's a, you cannot separate atonement theology from, uh, from kingdom theology. They're hand mm. in hand from Genesis 1 through Revelation 22. And uh, so anyway, that's just uh, yeah. uh, for, for what it's worth on that's that. We, 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 so there yeah. you go. Hold yeah. these two together. Yeah. That's good. Kind of makes me think of uh, kind of what we see in, I think it's an Acts where uh, I can't remember where in Acts, but in Ephesus where uh, you know these these idol makers get together and there's like, what are we gonna do? We're going out of business. No one's buying our idols anymore because yeah. because this gospel being preached is you know we just see this story of the gospel uh, impacting a society in such a way that these people that are making money off of idol worship can no longer make money. Yeah. Uh, it's it's an amazing picture of maybe that balance between kingdom and atonement that that balance yeah, between a, building great, yeah. building God's kingdom both both here where we live in our lives now uh, and looking forward to its uh, total and complete fruition in the in the future so yeah if you, if you swing to uh, to the one extreme where it's it's um, and to say the the phrase it's only about the cross I, I just want to slap myself for even <laughs> saying that phrase that's ridiculous <laughs> only about the cross no please bear with me and as I'm a human being trying to communicate a concept you know in a <laughs> <laughs> fallen human body, fallen mouth, but uh, but just the idea of of uh, that the gospel is all about my personal salvation. Mm. It's all about my personal salvation and the hope that one day I'm I'm going to go to heaven, which is yeah. great. But but the issue is, what about tomorrow? Yeah, is my job tomorrow only to make some money so that I can give it to the church? Or to be in that workplace or in that neighborhood or in the extended family where I'm just there to corner people and tell them about Jesus? Or is there a a whole calling as a man or woman to to know the Lord, to walk with him in the cool of the day, to engage the stewardships that have been entrusted to me, to do them wholeheartedly as unto the Lord, to love and serve people for the glory of God and Mm -hmm. our joy and the good of others. And, And that from that life, the conversations are going to happen. I mean, it's impossible when people excel at what they do, and especially when people excel at what they do in a way that makes other people more important than themselves, there's going to be questions asked. What mm. is up? Why, why do you do what you're doing? And uh, and it, 
of course, it's just a, such a natural way to talk about who you are and what matters and yeah. the why behind the way you make your choices and the way you live your life. So, you know, uh, I just think that there's a, a great need for a, a, a broader understanding of the impact of the gospel so that mm. everywhere we are, everyone we're with, everything we do, we find our identity, our focus, our power, both in looking through the lens of the gospel, dependent on the Lord Jesus, dependent on the Spirit of God to empower us and, and help us engage whatever we're doing for His honor. Yeah. So uh, I think I think the body of Christ in general needs a bigger definition that that uh, that really produces uh, something much more beautiful in the world. That's good. Well, maybe we'll uh, get a chance to talk more about that in the future then. Yeah. That'd be great. Uh, well, hey, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, go through these questions. I've got one last question for you, and this is kind of the uh, traditional ridiculous question <laughs> that I have to ask. All right. So I... Uh, I need to ask you this question, Bob, and it's this. Think hypothetically with me. Let's say someone comes up to you and says, Bob, sometime in the future, in the near future, at a, uh, at a, a time and a place that I can't tell you yet, there will be a surprise party for you. You can't escape from this. It's going to happen to you. Okay. There will be a surprise party, and you will be surprised by it. The question is, it's a themed surprise party, and you get to pick the theme. So I wanted oh. to ask you two questions. In this hypothetical, where you are going to be surprised by a surprise party, I don't know what kind of guy you are. Maybe you hate that. Maybe that's exciting to you. I have no idea. Uh, but two questions. What could be the best, most fun theme oh of gosh. a cheesy themed surprise party for you? And what would be the worst? theme that someone could choose to for you all right well uh what's a good theme a good theme is fatty meats oh there you go it's just meat (laughs) fatty meat meat. perfect (laughs) yeah there's there's uh there's smoke in the air charcoal smoke in the air better clarify that okay Uh, yeah that's good yeah and and uh meats on the grill that sounds awesome maybe there's everybody could surprise we could surprise one another with all kinds of different uh Smoked fatty meats. Yeah, maybe there's a pig roasting. Yeah. That'd be cool. And the worst would be a lack of uh, <laughs> smoked fatty meats. This was the laziest answer I've ever heard. I was hoping like uh, the worst theme no. would be like a John Wayne theme or something like that. No, that would the be theme the worst. Is friends are there. That's the theme. It's All right. friends. Well, you dodged a bullet there. There you go. I'm going to have to find I'm it. I'm just not funny in that No, stuff, it's okay. Right? It's okay. Next time I'm just going to have to come up with a more uh, airtight question that you can't wiggle out of. <laughs> All right, so the best would be fatty meats. The worst would be non-fatty meats. (laughs) (laughs) You're lazy. (laughs) I'm just a guy. Oh, that's funny, man. That does sound like a good party. Mm -hmm. Well, now I want a fatty meats party. I don't want a surprise party, though. I'm just not that guy. I don't like surprise parties. I'm a control freak. I want to know everything's going on. Here's the problem is I just don't want to have that look on my face where I'm trying to figure out what's going on and everyone's like getting to enjoy that look on my face when they say surprise and it just doesn't connect in my brain yet. So anyways, all right. Well, I think that's it, man. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your Thank you again, man. You do such a wonderful job leading us. And I feel, uh, you know, it's just so comfortable to do it with you. So thank you. Oh, good, man. Well, I appreciate it. Good. I'm glad that that you're here and I look forward to the next time. It's going to be fun. So cool. Well, as a reminder to you guys, you can text in your sermon related questions here to the podcast to 469-573-2920. And for those of you attending classes, thank you for committing your, uh, your time this summer to uh, grow 
growing and learning and becoming uh, uh, just growing disciples of Christ, whether yeah. it's in you know the Christology class or the grandparenting class or the productivity class, whatever class you're taking, just I want to say thank you to you. And if you haven't entered into a class, uh, feel free, just come on up Wednesday night. You, it's okay if you didn't register. No one's gonna no one's gonna slap you across the face and say no, you're not allowed. Come on out. Hey, and just, just special thanks to everybody who takes the initiative to listen to this thing. It just says so much about you. So thank you for being learners. Mm. Thank you for being hungry to grow. Thank you for being people that think, how do I apply this stuff? That's just so yeah. rare and so outstanding. So thanks a million. Yeah, it's good stuff. Cool. All right, All Bob. Right. Well, I'll talk to you later. See you later. All All right. See you guys. Have a good week. Bye-bye. <laughs>